Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend under the things which are spoken. Father, turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And Father, let us only see Jesus with your grace and your mercy. And this is for your glory. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you will turn with me to Psalm 138, we're not going to do our usual John 10. I want you to go to Psalm 138, verse 2. It's just like John 10, and it is the basis of our believing. This is what our faith is in. Psalm 138, verse 2. This is the Psalm of David. This is David speaking. I will worship toward the holy temple and praise thy name for the loving kindness and for thy truth. Look at this, for thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. Do you know how profound that is? We are talking about Jehovah. We are talking about the God that is above all gods. We are talking about the God that sits on the throne. And that God that sits on the throne that is far above all gods says that his word is more important to him than his name. That's why we can trust in that word. And you know what's the wonderful thing about this verse? You can call him on it. You can tell God, this is what the word says. It is written. You have to do it for me. And you put this word above your name. That word is your anchor. That word is your foundation. That word is what you stand on. That word is what you hang on to. And that word has to come to pass if you will stay believing it. Now, next verse. I want you to go to Isaiah 50. Because we're going to look at some of the words that are in this Bible. Some of these words, they're going to change us. These words have life in them. You will find when you start walking with God and he starts opening your eyes. And you start seeing these things out of the word. And when people speak, when you can hear that spirit talking to you, you're going to find that these words are life. They're life. And you know, it says in Proverbs, they're medicine. And that's why we say, read the word of God out loud. It is medicine when you're sick. I want us to go to Isaiah 50. I'm going to begin in verse 1. We're going to find our position. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Where is the bill of your mother's divorcement? This is God speaking. Whom have I put away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I sold you? Behold, for your iniquities you have sold yourselves. Did you know you were sold? For your iniquities you have sold yourselves yourselves. God didn't sell you. You did. With our sin. I did. With our sin. And who did we sell ourselves to? Who did we sell ourselves to? Isaiah 52 says, you have sold yourselves for naught. 
You did it yourself. You sold yourself. Go with me to Romans 7, verse 14. For you know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Sold under sin. We sold ourselves with our sin. Turn with me to 1 John 3. All right, 1 John 3, 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil. Have you ever looked at that verse? He that committeth sin is of the devil, is owned by the devil. When you and I committed sin, we sold ourselves to the devil. And you know what? We came cheap. We came real cheap. Isaiah 52 says you sold yourselves for naught. We sold ourselves from walking with God. We sold ourselves to the devil. And you know what? That devil doesn't like you. Did you know that you were created for God and you weren't created for the devil? Did you know the devil doesn't like you? Oh, he wants to be your best friend. But the only reason he wants to be your best friend is so he can see you in hell standing next to him. You were created for a different reason. But the devil, you sold, we sold, I sold myself to the devil when I sinned. And I came real cheap. I came liking it. And I was on the road to be destroyed. Because the devil only comes to kill and to steal and destroy. Oh, you may enjoy your sin for a season. It says that we all do. There is a day when that sin, you just loathe it. You hate it. You can't stand the way you are. Why, thank God he's starting to talk to you. When you start looking at what you really are and how much sin you really are involved in and how much you are sold to the devil and you hate the way you are, thank God that's God talking to you. With that, with humanity, sold to the devil. I want you to turn to Luke 2 for some familiar verses that we every year about this time read and talk about but inside these verses there is a wonderful answer to being sold to the devil before i do that i want to preference this have you ever been to the place where you want to be different but you can't be have you ever wished that you were some other way and like we have talked in the past weeks have you ever been where you felt like you were not good enough you fell short of what you really wanted to be like I said, that is God opening your eyes. When we first get our eyes open, sometimes it's not pretty. But if you feel like you have fallen short, if you feel like you can't measure up to what God is, hallelujah, you're getting the answer. Luke 2. I'm going to begin in verse 7. I want you to picture in your mind they were in a stable. From what we know from history, that stable was actually a cave. And here is Mary and Joseph. And I got a brand new baby. And she wraps the baby, swaddles it. Anybody that's had a baby, you know that you wrap them up tight because they feel comfortable like they're back in the womb. And that's what Mary did with this baby. Now I want you to look at that manger. And all a manger is is a place where you put hay for the animal to eat. And she lays 
her baby in that trough. And what is in that manger? What has that little baby got to do with us? You know, there are a lot of babies born in this world, but this one's different. Verse 7, Mary brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Our Savior, our King, started out in an animal trough. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Their night turned into day in an instant. That light, Paul describes this as a light brighter than the noonday sun. They're minding their own business. The sky lights up, and it's brighter than noonday. You'd be a little freaked out too. And it says, And the angel said unto the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, people that includes you and I. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, multitudes of angels, praising God and singing. Can you imagine? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, good will, good will, good stuff, good thoughts, good feelings towards you, towards you. Good will. God doesn't want you destroyed. Good will. God wants you to prosper. Good will. God wants you to be happy. Good will. God wants you to be in peace. Good will toward men, that includes us. Now why, why all this for a baby that's laying in a manger? Let me tell you about that baby. John 1, 1, it is written. Let's go there. John 1, in the beginning, before the earth was, was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There were two of them. You can't be with and be one. God was with God. And the word was God. There were two. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. That includes you. In him was life. And the light, life, was the light of men. There was a God with God. And that God was with the Father. He was a God. He was just like the God in heaven. He had all the same ability that God had. He knew everything. He could be everywhere. He could create. Says everything was created by him. You know, you and I can't do any of that. We can't be everywhere at once. We don't know everything. It says his understanding is infinite. And he, he could create. Jesus created this world. And everything that you and I see when we look up into the heavens, everything was created by Jesus. He had that power to create. And that God, that God left heaven. He left heaven. He was sent. Jehovah asked him to go. And he gladly left heaven. And it says in Philippians 2, he emptied himself of all that ability, 
all that ability to create, all that ability to be everywhere at once, all that ability to have infinite understanding, he left it. It says he emptied himself. He didn't take it off like a garment. He emptied himself. It was in him. And he emptied himself. You ought to meditate on that for a little bit. And then he left heaven. And he became a baby. It says that in Hebrews, he took on the seed of Abraham. And he was conceived by Mary. Mary conceived of the Holy Ghost. And what did we get? We got the spirit of that God that was in heaven. We got a spirit. But he's now no longer a God. He is no longer a God. He emptied himself of all of it. And he becomes a man like you and I. What is in that manger? The very God that created everything. The very God that everything we know he created it. And he emptied himself of all of it. And he took on him the seed of Abraham. Do you know what Abraham was? Abraham was a fallen man. Abraham came after Adam. Abraham had death in him. He had sin in him. And that's what Jesus had to become. That's what that baby in the manger was. It was a God that emptied himself of everything to be a baby why a baby? Two reasons. He needed a body. In Hebrews, the father says, I have prepared you a body. I have prepared you a body. The God that was in heaven, God prepared him a body so he could have a body. He needed a body. And you know what else he needed? He needed blood. He needed blood. He didn't have blood. He was a God. He didn't have any flesh. He didn't have any blood. He didn't have any bones. He was a God. Now, he becomes a baby with flesh, bones, and blood. And you know what that baby in that manger was? Look at that baby, that newborn baby that the angels are glorifying God for in that manger. Every time you see a manger, you got your ransom. Your ransom, your ransom from all your sin, your ransom from all your poverty, from all the curses, from everything that is bad about you, your ransom is in that manger. That baby is your ransom. And you know what? He was happy to do so. Can you imagine having all that and giving it up and becoming a baby where you need your diapers changed? For you need to be fed by your mother's breasts. That's what that God became. That's what the son of God became for you and I. So he could be our ransom. He was sent here to be our ransom. Everything you don't like about yourself. The ransom is in that manger that you celebrate on Christmas. You can't help but drive around this time of year. And you're going to see those mangers. Every time you see a manger, remember, that's my ransom. That's my ransom. Why? God needed that blood. 
God needed that blood for you. God needed it for you. He didn't need it for himself. Jesus didn't need it by far. He needed it for you. And he gladly came for you. For you, for me. Now, let's go on. I want us to go to Romans 3, back where we were a couple weeks ago. Let's begin in verse 23. For all have sinned. We just read that. We have all sold ourselves to the devil. Not just to sin. We sold ourselves to the devil. And you know what? He likes to use us. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We talked about that feeling of falling short. Now verse 24. Being justified freely. Freely. Being justified for free. For free. Justified. All that sin taken away. Justification does not mean just forgiveness. It means forgiveness and getting rid of it. Marking it out. Washing it out. It's not in there anymore. That's justification. You know what happens when you're justified? When you know that you're justified and you got faith for your justification, those things that used to tempt you before won't tempt you anymore. It won't tempt you anymore. Why? You're justified. It's not in there. It's not in there. You know, some things that used to tempt me before don't tempt me now. They don't tempt me at all. Why? I've been justified. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely. You didn't pay for it. By his grace. Grace. You're justified freely. All your sins are wiped off the map. Wiped away. Why? Through grace. What is grace? You didn't ask for it. You don't deserve it. He did it anyway. That's grace. You were justified. Your sins were totally taken away. You didn't ask for it. You didn't deserve it. And a lot of times you didn't even want it. But he did it anyway. He did it anyway. That's the love of a father. That is the love of a real father. You didn't ask for it, but he did it anyway. Now, through the redemption, redemption, you know what that word means? Ransom. That's what redemption is. A releasing through a ransom. Through a ransom. That's what redemption is. Your ransom was paid. And your ransom was paid how? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God has set forth to be an appeasement through faith in his blood. In his blood. Your ransom was paid through Jesus' blood. Jesus grew up from being that baby. He was not a baby very long. He started his ministry when he was about 30 years of age. You know, all the miracles that Jesus did on the earth really don't touch us much. Because we weren't the ones that were healed. We weren't the ones that had the devils cast out of us when Jesus was on the earth. But he did do one thing that works for us right now. And that's when he went to the cross. You know, John 12, one of my favorite verses say, Jesus talking. He said, my soul is troubled. I'm getting ready to go to the cross. Why was it troubled? He didn't want to go. 
He didn't want to go. Why didn't he want to go? Because he was just like you and I. And we're not crazy. And you know what? Jesus could read. That man, that God that became totally a man could read. But he went anyway. He prayed through in the Garden of Gethsemane and he went. And there, while he was hanging on the cross, the bones started dislocating. Why were they dislocating? God was putting your sin, everything you hate about yourself, God took from you and he put it on the body of Jesus. Jesus took on all that sin. He took on everything you had done. The Father took it from you and he put it on that body of Jesus. And he was happy to do so. And Jesus was happy to receive it. And his body began to break apart. The bones dislocated. That's what that sin was doing to him. That's what your sin was doing to him. You know what? That's what your sin, what bothers you all the time. That's what was on the body of Jesus. Make sure you realize that's where your sin went. That's what Jesus did for you. That's what the Father sent him to do. That works today. That works right now. That works this moment. That body of Jesus took your sin, took your curses, took your poverty, took your broken heart, took your bruised soul, took it all on his own body, and the Father did it. It was the Father that put the sin on Jesus. It says he laid our iniquities on him. Verse 10 in Isaiah 53, he was happy. It pleased him to do so. And you know what he was waiting for? When Jesus got all that sin on him, when it finally got all on him, and you can see it's a process. His body's breaking down. And he had to do one more thing. He had to drink of the vinegar. And he told them, I'm thirsty. He couldn't die until everything that was written about him was accomplished. That's the strength of that spirit in him. His body had no strength. His bones were dislocated. It looked like it was all broken up. You couldn't even tell he was a man. When your elbow isn't attached to your arm, it doesn't look like an arm. He was a bundle of bones hanging on a cross. But he still had the presence of mind to say, I'm thirsty. And they gave him the vinegar. And he said, it's finished. Everything. Thing I had to do on the cross is finished. You know what was finished? The sin was all on him. He didn't miss anybody's. He didn't miss your sin. He made sure it was all on him. And then he said, it's finished. And he gave up the ghost. He died. He didn't go into coma. He died. Dead man. A God who's going to live forever became a dead man. And then that soldier came over and pierced his side to make sure he was dead. And you know what came out? Your ransom. For anything that you would ever need, that's what came out of the man, his blood. That blood had all sin on it. That blood had the sin on it. That blood was going to satisfy the father. That blood is what God was after. He wanted a dead body 
He wanted a body that would go to hell. He wanted a soul that would go to hell, and he wanted that blood. He wanted that blood because he knew that was our ransom. That is your ransom. That is what you need to overcome that thing in you that you can't overcome. I want to tell a short testimony. Back when I was in the 80s, my oldest son, we'd come here, you know, every Wednesday night, every Sunday, and we'd sit right about there. And there was a time when my son was about eight, nine years old. Every time we came in here, he acted up. And I'm not talking about just, you know, whispering. I'm talking about embarrassing his mother. I mean, he would poke, or he would cry, or he would kick. He was unruly. And I didn't know much about casting out devils at that time. I didn't even know if it was a devil. I just thought the kid was a brat. Love you, Evan. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. I mean, it was every time we came here. He was acting up, and I'd have to take him out. And so at home, I started praying. I said, I don't know what to do. And you know what came up in my spirit? That blood that Jesus shed on the cross, he shed for my son Evan. That blood that he shed on the cross was shed for my son Evan. I kept praying it. That blood is on my son now. That blood Jesus paid for him. That blood Jesus gave for him. That blood satisfied the father concerning my son Evan. That blood was his ransom. His ransom. And you know what happened? That kid straightened up. That blood has more power than sin. That blood has more power than any devil you can bring up. That blood has power to it. It has power to clean. It has power to deliver. It has power to be your ransom. That's what you can put your faith in. You know why? It's written. It's written. Turn with me. We're going to finish real quick. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? How? Did you know you were delivered from the power of darkness when Jesus was raised from the dead? When that blood was taken to heaven? Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us, moved us from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son? You were ransomed from the devil, Revelation says, to God. That blood ransomed you from the power of the devil to God. Not ransomed out to where you're alone. He ransomed you to God. Did you got that? To God. You didn't ask for it. You didn't deserve it. But Jesus did it anyway. He satisfied the Father concerning you. And the only thing you need to do is believe it. Use your faith. Pray it. Talk it. Walk it. Read it. Talk to yourself. You don't know how many hours I've preached. You know why I can preach? Because I preached to me for years. I had to. Preach it to yourself. Trust it. That's all faith is. It won't work until you add your faith to it. But when you add your faith to it, it will work. It is the word of God, and the word of God cannot be broken. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson 
and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.